this boat into the water Find a way to win a couple dollars Shallow, I can catch them deep. Open water or the back of the creek. The wind and rain to me is all the same. I make a living playing this game, and I thank the Lord above every time I can. I get to be a fisherman. Welcome back to the second half of this morning's Gone Outdoors. Kyle Agri and Scott Brewer of Brewer Agri Outdoors. Talking fishing, talking hunting, and talking just about anything you can do outdoors. Right here on KWSN Sioux Falls and the mighty 790 KFGO Fargo. We are very excited. And both Scott and I have our pencils sharpened and our notebooks uh, right here in front of us. Uh, we we had the pleasure of visiting with a good friend of ours, Mr. Dave Randash, Devil's Eyes Guide Service on Devil's Lake. But we're we're going to skip over talking Devil's Lake today. We're going to talk a little bit of fall fishing up on the incredible Winnipeg River fishery. David, welcome to Gone Outdoors. Kyle, Scotty, good to hear from you guys. You know, we got the fish in close proximity and enjoyed every minute of it. It was fantastic. A huge congratulations to you and your partner, Ted Takasaki, who's been on uh, Gone Outdoors uh, numerous times in the past. You guys laid down quite a track record here. Two weeks ago, you took home eighth place in the St. George Voyagers Walleye Classic. And then you followed that up last weekend, taking home gold, taking home the first place trophy at the Winnipeg River Greenback Championship. Walk us through just uh, briefly a little bit about those two events and what uh, what was similar, what was different. Guys, I think that, uh, you know, when we first started fishing Lake Winnipeg almost 30 years ago, it it's such a massive body of water. How do you narrow it down? The thing's about the size of Lake Erie. And consequently, there's a lot of different programs and, and presentations that work up there. With all the wind and uh, dirty water that we had to contend with, the fish wanted that bait hanging right on their nose, and that's what we did. We did get a few fish with the bottom launchers and slow deaths and crawlers in the first tournament. But the second tournament I fished with Takasaki, it was definitely a jig bite. We use these salted minnows, and there's some secrets I'd like to share with everybody. If you happen to go up that way, that's been very, very good for us. I would love to hear some of your secrets. Well, it's let's start out with, you know, some of the guys, there's different ways that you can present your minnows. Usually we're just pretty, pretty standard and keeping it simple. Uh, one thing, uh, we have painted custom jigs, and primarily we use 3A sound. It doesn't matter if you're vertical or you're at a 45-degree angle and have your current as long as you can keep that jig in close proximity to the bottom. We're tapping the bottom quite a bit. One way that we do a little different, you know, I used to just hook the minnows through the, through the mouth, up through the back, and there's a little button called a bait button. They're little tiny rubber wafers that you, that you spear on, and they come out of a little device. looks about the size of a little coin purse. And when you hold it vertical, these little bait buttons collect down in a little V and you puncture them with your hook. And it keeps the minnows from coming off. The, the, the minnows that we can use uh, are the emerald shiners. They're salted. And some of them are treated with formaldehyde. But to get back to it, we're using two minnows minimum. So the first minnow goes on. You know, you have to have pinched barbs. So we just still use those bait buttons. 
first minnow goes on right through the eyeball and through the other out the other eye socket. And so that minnow is really flipping around. You think it would fall right off, but it actually hangs on there pretty good. Minnow number two, which is the second minnow put on the jig, we're going through the mouth and whipping around and coming back up through the stomach and through the back, as far back as we can. And what happens, sometimes you'll miss fish, and you still have a minnow on there. If you, if you lost one of them, and you may get another shot at it. So these minnows, are, if you picture, they're kind of like twirling like a maple leaf falling off a tree. And I tell you what, another key thing is don't set the hook right away. And people are going to be wildered. Usually the cardinal rule of jigging is when you feel something different, set the hook and nail them. Quick question for you. Are you using long shank jigs, just a standard long shank jig? Yes, then? We are. We are. So it's kind of a stand-up jig head with, uh, with little spinners underneath always. It's a little silver spinner, very, very small. And that just I think it just enhances that shiner uh, look because of the silver flash. So we're holding those baits a lot of times four to six inches off the bottom, tapping bottom every once in a while. And when these fish, some of them, I mean, sizable fish, big fish will come up and just inhale that jig, and you can't even hardly feel the bite. And then fish number two comes along and about pulls her out of your hand. You just never know. But the first day we sat in a spot, the guys were leading the tournament. We were 20 feet away. We couldn't get a bite, and they were just pounding them. And some of those guys, the two guys in the boat, they'd get a bite, and they had these big dace minnow. A dace is kind of like a creek chub almost, good size, third through the grapevine that they trapped their own. And they would wait 15 to 20 seconds to set the hook. It was crazy. So we copied that a little bit. We would wait five to 10 seconds and it seemed like our hooking percentage just skyrocketed and not only, uh, you know, barely hooking them. I mean, they were down their throat sometimes. And, uh, and, you know, we consequently won the tournament with a duck stocky, a 30 inch of the first day, a 27, the second day. And I had just some, some of the best slots. The slot is just a ballpark. You can have two under 22 and two over 22 inches. It goes by centimeters, 55 and 70. So you have to adhere to that, but wow, was that fun. Those fish are so fat. We had uh, 21 and a half inches weighing four pounds. That is just plain amazing. And uh, I'm sitting here, Dave, learning and, and literally taking notes here. Um, and we had a front row seat for your day two. Uh, we happened to be fishing in a, in a very similar area. You came in and, and joined us and put on a, uh, literally put on a clinic. And we got to watch Ted boat that 27. We got to watch... Uh, you boat those slot fish and uh you know for for folks that really enjoy fall fishing and really enjoy jig fishing um those little nuances you shared with us are really helpful because um that's spot on exactly what you were doing what mm-hmm. about what about rods are, are you using a pretty stout rod or are you using a pretty soft tip on those rods and letting it load up soft tip was very important and ted he's just a master jig fisherman and, and I would watch him and he would, when he set the hook, it was rather soft, kind of like taking a rod out of the rod holder. If you get a fish on the bottom, or just gradually get it out of the holder and a slight swoop. Those, those uh, jigs we have are custom made with gamagatsu needle. And I mean, needle sharp hooks. They don't need any touch up unless you nick a rock. So soft rods seem to help because I think our, that also enhanced our hooking percentage. And uh, there were some days after we had a big front go through, and, I mean, they would pick it up, and I don't know how many in a row I missed, about six. 
And then finally, I put it on the rod holder. And this is deadly. If you're having trouble hooking fish up there, put it on the rod holder. You know, I don't want to do it in four footers where the jig is going like a crazy ballistic and up and down. The fish can't even track it or find it. But if there's like a six inch chop to a foot, put it in that rod holder. It's important to put it in a rod holder in the middle of the boat because if it's on the end, it just amplifies the the uh, the aggressive up and down, and those fish don't want anything to do with it. They can't find it. But by putting it in the middle, it's kind of like a fulcrum where you uh, that that the rod tip it's not violent, and those fish you just watch that thing load up. Ted would just slowly, gradually take the rod out of the holder and drill them, where I would just swoop and nail them right out of the holder. You just grab the front part of the rod and uh, and and set the hook right out of the holder. So different ways to do it. We're talking with Dave Randash here about his recent uh, fishing time up on the Winnipeg River. And Dave, uh, we're down here to about 30 seconds left. But uh, these tips you're given, I know they're specific to what you've experienced on the Winnipeg River. But if we got folks going to the Rainy, if we got them going to the Mississippi and other similar bodies of water, are these things they can implement there as well? There's no doubt about it. I use a lot of the same techniques on Devil's Lake. Maybe a few more bobbers, but then we had live minnows or, or leeches too, live. Where up here now, it's all it's all uh, salted bait, and and uh, they come in a little carton. the The Canadian dollar right now, I think it's at about seventy three cents, seventy four cents. So it's not an expensive trip, and especially if you get lucky and and win the tournament, so, which we did. <laughs> And uh, it was so fun fishing by you guys. And you guys had some beauties, too, right beside us. It was a lot of fun. It was a great time. And I can't wait until next year. And maybe we'll even have a couple of our listeners that are tuning in today join us up there for that event. Dave, thanks for taking some time this morning. We appreciate it. Scotty, Kyle, it's uh, you guys are just top-notch individuals. You know, they're, they're both past presidents of our FM Fargo-Moorhead Walleye Club. And it's just an outstanding group of people. Thanks, guys. Thanks, Dave. And folks, uh, don't go away. we got a whole lot of gone outdoors ahead of us. After this short break, we'll be back with more Outdoor Talk. It's all the same. I make a living playing this game. And I thank the Lord above every time I can. I get to be a fisherman.